What a customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Food and Beverage Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. From retail spots to hotels to hospitals, consumers are looking for convenience and personalization in their in-store experience. And the same can be said at restaurants. Self-service kiosks are cutting out the middleman, and dynamic digital signage is upping the in-store experience. So what are bars doing to bring that convenience and personalization to their patrons? Here to shed some light on the advent of self-pour taps and how it affects the daily operations of a bar is Tim Enerson, owner of Navigator Tap Room. Tim, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to get to chat with someone who feels that passion for the industry, started their own bar, and you know really went for something innovative right off the bat. I'm sure that took a lot of conversations and um, you know a, a lot of confidence in what you were doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, my business partner, Eric Swanson and I, you know, it was a three year process to launch. Um, and that's, you know, over a thousand days of endless conversations, planning and just dreaming and making right. hard decisions. So it, it is quite a process. Love it. Well, Tim, we're going to be treating this podcast kind of like a biographical journey of you opening your bar as a self-pour tap room and following you from beginning to end and seeing how this business model decision really affected your bar. So when you first opened Navigator Tap Room, was the concept of self-pour even a thing? You know, what what was the general consensus around an idea like that, both within the industry as a whole and then also in Chicago where Navigator based out of? Yeah, when we st first started looking at the concept back in 2014 and 15, um, it really was limited uh, nationally. I think there was less than 50 locations between uh, multiple different kinds of software. And, um, you know, the, the technology was out there, the concept was out there, but very few people had done it and there was not anything in Chicago. Were people not doing it because it was a foreign idea or because the technology around it was maybe not that developed or, you know, what, what do you think was the reason why it wasn't a big thing yet? I think uh, just the migration of this, of the concept and the software, you know, it started in Europe, um, you know, with tabletop type uh, situations where people were pouring on their tabletop. Um, the wine industry out in California and elsewhere started to play around with self-pour, you know, wine tastings. And so it just takes a, you know, time to integrate such an awesome technology and software into the food and beverage alcohol service industry. Um, and so it's just, it, it started to grow. And, you know, by now there's somewhere between 400 and 500 locations just nationally, not even considering Europe and the world. Which is pretty incredible to see that culture shift. Um, mm -hmm. You're talking in five yeah. years, uh, you know, a 500% increase just nationally. And it'll keep going. 
Do you think that the slow adoption in the United States was due in part to a, a cultural thing? Like, was it just that um, you know people who go to the bar here in the states aren't really used to something like that and aren't really asking for it because they don't know it exists? Well, I think that uh, in the United States, um, although we're a tech hub internationally, I mean, San Francisco is the is the brainchild of so much technology. If you go to places in Europe and Japan and elsewhere, there those cultures and um, cities are much more tech forward. So uh, America lags behind on implementation, where other continents and other countries implement technology a lot faster, um, despite us being one of the originators of such technology. You know, and it can even go back to. Uh, you know, the laws surrounding prohibition, um, you know, America had an extremely explosive craft beer and regional beer um, market before prohibition. And, um, you know, when prohibition hit in the 20s and 30s, that all went away. So we basically uh, pushed ourselves back about 70 years. And then, you know, 20 years ago, they started to grow. And here we are with a, a new explosion. But uh, it's late to the game we would have been much further along with craft beer had prohibition never happened. The only uh, beer companies that were able to survive were the big ones. And they had, they had the means to transfer into other industries like soda. Right. And so, yeah, right. And so now that craft beer is, is kind of all, all the rage right now, I think it's only, it's only fair that the methods in which people consume that alcohol and sort of the the general vibe they get from going to a tap room and, and drinking that beer, you know, it, it makes sense that that is evolving as well. So, I'll, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's catching up now. And now uh, they want to taste all these incredible breweries. I mean, there's something like 7,000 breweries right. nationally. You know, some of the major craft beer companies like Lagunitas thought the ceiling might be five or six thousand. So it keeps growing. Uh, there will be a, a point where it, it does hit saturation, but that's fine. Along the way, we all get to taste awesome beers and the Pour My Beer software delivers it in such a way that the the average consumer can try them all. It's yeah. amazing. Well, we'll dig into the technology and all the nitty gritty of Navigator and uh, how you developed it here on the podcast in, in just a few minutes. Um, before we get there, I kind of want to learn a little bit more about what made you take that leap of faith in you know, crafting a tap room that was going against the grain. So eventually something sparked a need for the switch, um, you know, within your mind and your co-founder's mind. So what was that final catalyst that made you both realize that it was time to open Navigator and shy away from a traditional bar in favor of a self-pour tap room? Yeah, well, um, my partner, Eric Swanson, and I, we definitely were originally looking at starting a brewery like many other people have and many people are. Um, and... You know, we, we talked about doing a regular bar, but really, you know, like a, a brew pub, but mostly we were wanting to do a brewery. What happened was we just started looking around in the Chicago market and saw a lot of breweries starting to open. We had started dreaming about it in 2008, but, you know, it takes time to get to a point in your career and your, you know, your confidence level where you're like, yeah, let's do something, let's open something. And so, you know, by the time we were ready to open a brewery, 
um, there were just so many breweries opening. You know, Chicago is now, right. you know, Brew City USA with over 170 locations, uh, breweries within the city limits of Chicago. So, you know, really we felt like even if we made some of the best beer in the world, it may just get lost in the shuffle. And so um, we felt like we need to open something that kind of showcases all these incredible Chicago beers as well as nationally and internationally. So that's when we came across Pour My Beer. And we just saw uh, some videos of what they were doing back in 2016. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, this is a chance. It doesn't matter how many breweries there are. It doesn't matter if the market's saturated. We can showcase the best beers in Chicago and from around the country now. Uh, with this technology and we felt like that tasting room that the wine industry in immediately or initially had started really created that European type uh, experience that is different than the American bar scene. So it partially came from something you were seeing people wanting uh, culturally, you know, even if there weren't many self-port tap rooms, are you saying really what you saw was that want for convenience and personalization in their in-store experience? I think, uh, I mean, it goes back to um, that incredible demand for craft beers, especially yeah. IPAs and pale ales. That, that's a 20, 30-year explosion, uh, a cycle that I had nothing to do with creating. And I'm so glad that that happened. Um, you know, I mentioned prohibition. I mean, basically the fact that now you've millions and millions of Americans wanting a hoppier beer um, on some level, it's because of that. They, they had just Pilsners for many decades and, and now they're ready for, um, you know, all sorts of variations of hoppy beers. And uh, basically, you know, then with the technology that it was already started uh, elsewhere around the world, um, you know, Pour My Beer basically brought a chance for the customer to try all these incredible beers. And we were just like, look, here's a technology that, you know, we didn't create, but we can utilize. Here is a craft beer revolution. The demand for craft beer is incredible. We'll marry the two and create a tasting room for people to try it. And uh, uh, we felt like Really, it was the best of both worlds, and how could we go wrong if we uh, picked a good location? Right. So what about a traditional model for a bar doesn't allow for that kind of craft beer creativity and you know, really emphasizing choice? I mean, I, I think the answer is pretty obvious, but you know, hearing, hearing what you think about it I think is, is valuable. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's – I think something like 3000 bars in Chicago and there always will be. Um, and in most large cities, there's going to be hundreds or thousands of bars. And so they'll never go away. And you're, then you got in units within restaurants, you know, serving all sorts of beers. Um, so that the selection is there at other bars. And um, there was a bar that just um, closed in Chicago after 30 plus years um, that, you know, had hundreds of, of different beers on, in bottle. Uh, and, uh, you know, so you could, at a traditional bar, you can still have selection, but in a sense, you have to buy a $7 taste of something that you've never had before. And so, you know, you're buying a 6 or 7 or $8 bottle of something, and what if you don't like it? Um, what if it's been sitting, you know, for who knows how long in a cooler? So the self-pour model gets 
gives you a chance to taste something, one ounce of something, two ounces of this, and just go down the line. And we get many customers at Navigator Taproom that are literally just trying, um, you know, 10, 20 beers for less than 20 bucks uh, over an hour. And they leave so blown away that they're able to taste all these awesome breweries without having to commit to a full pint. Exactly. I mean, it's it's that kind of <laughs> binge kind of mentality that people like nowadays. I mean, it's why things like Netflix and Hulu and Spotify all work is because you get your little taste of what you want whenever you want it. And, and you know, I think that same mentality has made its way to the in-store experience, obviously exemplified by what y'all are doing. I mean, the fact that people don't really want to commit to buying a sixer of a beer that they have you know no clue where it came from or who the company is or whatever but they see value in doing like a charcuterie board of beers basically is is really interesting to see that um you know it's just really interesting to see how it's impacted the industry so heavily for sure yeah i mean it just you know um people love that concept all the technology like you mentioned netflix it's creating a in a sense, an environment or a culture that enjoys trying different stuff, not having to, uh, you know, commit to 12 months of uh, contract with, with cable. They just want to, you know, pay $10 a month and be able to watch the Netflix whenever they want. All right. So let's learn a little bit more about Navigator's journey to its grand opening and the kind of technology and education that went into that. So obviously to open up a self or tap room. There's a lot of technology, a lot of staff education, and shifts in branding and marketing that need to take place. So let's break down each of those and how you prepped for the launch of Navigator. Um, let's start with the technology. When you decided, okay, we're going to create a self-pour wall, how did you go about it tech-wise? You know, what, what was out there that caught your eye and really helped make this dream a reality? For sure. And, and, you know, to, to someone that's considering doing one of these, yeah, it's a, it's a major undertaking in that you're leaving a career path that you're on or education that you've been studying and you're launching into a, it, it, you know, in a sense, a totally new market, a, a totally new career. And, um, you know, it, it, it's quite an education. It's an incredible experience. Uh, you learn so much, but it, you know, for the first time, you're just like, wow, this is overwhelming. And so, you know, when we first started looking at uh, the different options for technology and software, um, in a sense, it was nice that there was only three or four companies out there. And still today, I believe, offering some level of self-pour. Obviously, you got Pour My Beer, and then the main competitor out there is I Pour It, and then there's uh, Table Tap Solutions, which has a few customers, and they're just you know e licensing a European product. And then there's Drink Command, which is a few more locations out of Europe. So really, there's not a lot of selection. That being said, uh, for us, it was real... Uh, simple to make the decision with pour my beer because number one they were located in chicago that was a huge uh help to us we could meet with them face to face get our hands on the actual technology and and you know uh, in a sense like test it out right in front of us and uh secondly you know uh tech support we felt like having someone in chicago that could help us out if there was issues 
uh, was huge. And then third, um, the actual use of pour my beers technology was above and beyond, um, you know, the fact that they have proprietary software and hardware that has very little, um, you know, tech issues because it's hardwired. It's not, right. it's not relying on Wi-Fi. All these things just made it so straightforward. I mean, yes, we considered the other options, but for us, it really wasn't even a, um, a, a hard decision to make. Uh, it, it, Pour My Beer was just so much further above the other um, technologies. I mean, uh, even I pour it wanted to charge us, you know, cents per ounce. Um, and that's, you know, having your software company in your pocket, every beer, it's, it's incredible that they're able to get people to do that. But I understand that's why um, they lose, they lose uh, proprietors and, and companies like Pour My Beer can, can uh, expand into those. Um, the bottom line is Pour My Beer just was above and beyond all the other three competitors in the market. So we were able to make a choice to go with them. And then they helped us along the way a lot in our process. And the technology is only half the battle, right? The The other half is convincing the people that work at Navigator and also the people that drink the beer that a self-pour tap room is effective and, you know, getting everyone on board with the process. Um, tell me a bit about how you educated staff uh, as Navigator was getting ready to open and you were looking for people to work shifts, obviously, at, at Navigator. How did you communicate the value of a self-pour tap room and what kind of role does someone who works at Navigator have when you know being a, a traditional bartender isn't really a thing? Yeah, so, I mean... I'll say that um, in, a, in a market like Chicago, there's hundreds and thousands of incredible, um, experienced um, industry, service industry professionals that are um, always looking to pick up shifts or work part-time or find a new full-time home. And so, you know, I loved that we were able to advertise and we had a massive response from people. People wanted to work with us, people right. in their 20s and 30s. And, you know, people in their 20s and 30s have been, you know, really kind of raised on the iPhone in the last decade or so and the, you know, iPads and, and different, um, you know, tablets. So the technology, communicating the technology made sense to them almost intrinsically. Um, they, they were aware of the craft beer boom. They loved craft beer. It's not too hard to find people that are really into beer, especially if you advertise it. And and so, you know, the technology from a staff perspective is so straightforward, um, especially with the smartphones and the tablets that, you know, people just pick it up almost seamlessly. Um, you don't have to do too much intensive training on the technology or even the beer. We have a bunch of breweries that will come in and, and do tastings with our staff and do staff training. So it, it's almost like the industry's ready fit and the technology's ready fit because the staff is almost pre-trained. Um, of course, you have to set your own ethos. Of course, you have to set your own, you know, guidelines. And, you know, we did all that for Navigator Taproom with our staff, uh, you know, employee handbooks and, and all of our best practices. But, um, 
you know, pour my beer, did staff training on the technology with our team. Some of them are still with us two years later. And, um, you know, it kind of sets the tone as you start to hire and, and, uh, you know, there's always one or two people coming in, one or two people on their way out. So it, it, it turns over, but at the same time, we have a couple of staff that's been with us for two years and that says that they're enjoying working for navigator and, and, you know, the pour my beer system creates an environment where people can thrive actually. Yeah. Well, I, I like that, you know, it gets people away from behind the bar and, turns um the bar professional into even more of a a people first position than it already was you know i i think as we integrate this kind of self-service technology into a lot of service industries um you know from hotels to uh restaurants to hospitals and kind of like i was saying at the beginning of the podcast um the staff gets to interact on a more human level. They get re-empowered to be humans, not just task completers, right? For sure. I mean, you know, I'm looking for personable staff that, you know, just can naturally interact with, you know, in a sense, hundreds of different people on a Friday or Saturday night. And um, I'm pretty good at, at, uh, you know, interviewing people and to, get a sense if people are warm and welcoming and inviting and have no problem conversing with people about beer. And, and basically that's the team that I build. Um, and it, you know, navigators known as a very well warm and welcoming setting. That's what you want to create as a, uh, an entrepreneur with a self poor tap room. You want to create a very welcoming place and it starts with the staff and it starts with you and you need to be a warm, welcoming person right? Um, to host the hundreds of people that are going to come. And then you hire around yourself or hire around that concept. All right. And then finally, let's talk about the end users themselves, the ones that are enjoying the craft beer at Navigator. When you launched Navigator, how did you do your marketing push? How did you brand Navigator and try to communicate that a self-pour bar was not only superior, but just more exciting, more fun, and offered something that bar patrons weren't going to get anywhere else. Yeah, so, you know, obviously Chicago, like we've discussed, is a very important beer market. Yeah. And so launching in Chicago, yeah, there's a lot of competition, but there's also a lot of excitement around anything that's craft beer related. And so you, you immediately have more traction than you would if you were opening in a different market. Not to say you won't have traction in other markets, but um, you know, Chicago definitely has a lot of traction for craft beer and then the self-pour concept. Um, you know, we purposed in our business plan and our marketing strategy to contact every newspaper every radio station, uh, every um, online news magazine or outlet and TV um, outlet for Channel 9, WGN, and, um, you know, uh, some of the other um, shows that showcase restaurants. So we, we decided before we launched, we would do everything possible to get our name out there and not just leave it up to fate or see who would approach us. We really were active in that year leading up to launch. And because of that, um, you know, six months out, we had articles 
uh, about written about what we were planning to do um, before we launched and then three months out and then i mean the week of wgn did a full um you know article on us as well as uh, cbs news came in with their whole team and and actually um videotaped all of navigator and, and you know introduced eric swanson and i to the market to chicago so it was incredible um you know we're so thankful that we were able to get on tv and get on the radio and get on all these uh newspaper articles and online news articles but it took a, a lot of work and it was very intentional um the pour my beer software and the concept of self-pour definitely opened up doors that um, if we're um, just another brewery or another bar or another restaurant, we may have not gotten that much open doors, but we definitely knocked on those doors, you know, ask not, get not. And we, we actively and aggressively promoted ourselves for the six months to a year leading up to launch. Yeah, I mean, any successful launch needs a successful marketing strategy. So <laughs> that kind of ear-to-the-ground grassroots mentality for getting people to learn about Navigator was definitely the right approach, especially when what you're offering intrinsically has that grassroots allure to it, you know, to it as well, that emphasis on craft beer, that emphasis on community, and on you know, engaging people with something that they may not have gotten before. It's it's kind of like that hipster vibe that, I, I don't know, I feel like the word hipster has kind of lost any positive meaning nowadays, but but it's, it's that same vibe of like, I got here first, right? I got to experience this while it was still fresh and new. And, you know, I got to be one of the first people that really gets to be a fan of, of this piece of content. And in this case, the content is craft beer. For sure. And, you know, you hear the customers every day, uh, whether verbally, uh, direct feedback or on an online review say, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. And, uh, oh my gosh, like this is my dream come true. I mean, look, I, I don't, I can't take, uh, you know, any credit for creating the software or the concept of self pour, but it, I know that uh, this is an incredible experience as an entrepreneur and someone who just started a self pour bar to get to hear that. Um, as an entrepreneur who's considering starting this, I mean, at what point could you ever believe you'd be part of a, a tech heavy startup where 90% of the customers tell you verbally or on your online reviews, this is the most incredible thing they've ever seen. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, we're at the nexus of integration between software and demand for craft beer, and we get to be a part of it. And that's just incredible. At Navigator Tavern, we have uh, multiple bartenders. We have a bar for cocktails, shots, and mixed drinks, as well as non-alcoholic beverages, which is a huge increase of demand, uh, cold brew coffee and um, kombucha and different uh, fizzy water, soda water, hop water, tastes like beer but has zero calories and whatnot. So, you know, we have bartenders behind a bar. A lot of self-pour tap rooms don't. And to the entrepreneur out there that's considering, I recommend it because not everyone drinks craft beer. Um, not everyone drinks wine on tap. So um, we do have sake and kombucha on tap, but, you know, some people just want a Jack and Coke or a shot of something. And and going back to what makes people gather, um, 
we have a lot of birthday parties coming, and they love the fact on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night they can go get a uh, a vodka soda over at the bar. There's a bartender uh, there, in addition to our staff that are helping operate the self-pour taproom. So that is something that makes Navigator Taproom unique, and we're thankful for that aspect of uh, the taproom, that we have room for a, a bar as well. So based on what we've heard today on the podcast, it sounds like Navigator was met really well, a uh, very positive reception and I think your marketing strategy helped with that a lot. People knew that Navigator was on the way, and then when it arrived, people were ready for it. They were ready to engage with something new and fresh to the Chicago bar scene. What do you think that this reception paves for the rest of the Chicago bar industry? And how do you think it's kind of a microcosm for bars nationwide? Yeah, we were extremely well received, and, you know, we were overwhelmed with the response. It was actually incredible. I mean, on our soft launch day and our grand opening, I mean, we were absolutely slammed and that's what you want. And it really never let up. Um, so we've had two very solid years and, and growth. Um, and so that's just, I mean, it's what you want. If you're going to start a bar, a uh, self-port tap room, you want that kind of response. You want that kind of ongoing interest. Um, you know, uh, the the brewing in- industry in Chicago, like I said, over 170 breweries is very inclusive. All the distributors bring in the best breweries from around the country and the world. So, you know, there's just a massive amount of beer on the market and available and all the reps come in from the breweries and the distributors and are very inclusive Um it's not the cool kids club. It's, it's very, it's a, in a sense, it's a awesome, um, you know, group of people to get to know and they really want to know what you're about. And it helps to have 48 taps. Uh, there's room for, you know, different breweries that, uh, if we only had 16 taps or eight, there just wouldn't be any room to even consider. So we can actually sit down with breweries and get to know them and, and, uh, you know, get them on tap in a way that if we were a traditional bar or only had a limited number of taps, you know, we wouldn't really be even able to consider it. Um, you know, and uh, although the self-pour ta- uh, concept, you know, there is some, um, you know, uh, people out there that think it's a bad thing, that it's going to take bartenders' jobs or that it, it's going to uh, in some way negatively affect the bar or beer or restaurant industry. I mean, sure, am I aware of that? Yes, but at the same time, like, it almost fades to the background and becomes a non-issue because there's just thousands of people that want to, you know, gather in a self-pour taproom environment. There's thousands of people that want to taste craft beers and there's hundreds and hundreds of breweries and and people that are reps for those breweries and distributors that are willing to partner with you. Um, and uh, so 99% of the time, it's really a non-issue. And, you know, in the end, the hangups around it is, you know, our bartender is going to be replaced. I mean, I have a staff of 15. I have three bartenders. I have... 12 staff that work full-time at the front desk on the beer wall. And, you know, um, it, it doesn't replace staff. You actually need uh, more staff to create an awesome environment where people are, um, you know, feel really comfortable. And, and they do. They have the best time of their lives, and that's why they keep coming back. 
So Tim, to kind of wrap things up, I'd like to bring it back to the technology because though this push for craft beer and self-pour tap rooms is, is kind of a response to a cultural shift, I don't think it's really scalable without the technology there powering it. And you said that pour my beer was really the catalyst that helped push Navigator from a dream to reality. And, you know, their software integrating into daily operations really helped make it happen. So I wanted to ask you, how do you see self-pour technology adapting to further emphasize this idea of customization and convenience that people are craving? Yeah, so, you know, um, absolutely, uh, the, the software is the key. And I, I do kind of look at my own experience starting a self-port tap room was kind of building on the shoulders of other entrepreneurs. And I love that, that, that it's a journey that's not just my own. Um, the 20, 30-year-old craft beer industry, uh, the, the founders of Lagunitas and all those breweries that start in the 80s, two brothers, uh, you know, Goose Island, that, uh, you know, were in the trenches when really the beer landscape in, in Chicago and America was non-existent outside of the major big, big dogs. And then, you know, take Josh Goodman. I mean, in 2011, 2012, he's dreaming. He's trying to come up with solutions for the problems that he saw in the uh, beer dispensing uh, industry. He starts dreaming of software. He starts going over to Europe and, you know, talking to different software companies, trying to make something happen. So many uh, ups and downs for him between 2012 and 2012. 16 when he was really able to truly launch pour my beer i mean he bootstrapped it you know uh, there was times where he wasn't even sure if it was going to happen or make it i mean you know those are the risks that he took and when he it was just him and maybe one other person in a room trying to make a name and trying to build a software going over to europe to to come up with this stuff um it's benefited navigator taproom immensely and so you know, they've streamlined it, they've made it user-friendly, something we can rely on with very few technical issues. I mean, in two years of operation, I can count on my hands how many times I've had to call them for tech support. So, you know, yeah. the fact is it works. And then, you know, we use um, their uh, recommendations on beer dispensing, you know, uh, Micromatic out of Rockford, a global company, but uh, Rockford, Illinois, Illinois-based, but they they provide stuff that works uh, that doesn't break down on the hardware side. So, you know, between the two, uh, we've had a dream scenario where we don't wake up every morning and the cooler's not working or the beer delivery system or the software isn't working. Um, it would be a nightmare if that was the case. And I've heard nightmare stories about other companies or other tap rooms that started with other softwares that just have had endless problems with no tech support. And you just can't do it if that's the case. Uh, it would, it won't work. That's the thing. You can't cut corners on this because it's heavy on software and the, and the, the hardware has to work because it's a custom cooler. And, uh, you know, if that's not working, your life is a living nightmare as an entrepreneur. And I haven't had to live that nightmare, but I know I could have if I went with other, you know, shortcuts or other softwares that weren't as thoroughly thought out as pouring my beer. And so we got to build on, on, the years of trial and error of Josh Goodman and the Pormavir team. And, um, you know, now they're growing 
and uh, now their software can be funded. It can turn into a Silicon Valley unicorn type thing where it's even more user-friendly. Now it's something they can keep growing and go international with even more than they ever did. So it, it's uh, it's absolutely software forward, and they're just going to keep growing it, keep streamlining it and making it user-friendly, and that'll just basically uh, make Navigator Taproom even better as we, uh, you know, perfect our craft. No, I mean, absolutely. Having those kind of partners in your corner that support the vision and support the back end of the vision are, are really important. And I think it's great that Pour My Beer is that kind of partner for this industry. So, hey, Tim, you know, it's been a pleasure getting to chat with you today on the podcast, getting to learn a little bit more about Navigator Taproom, your journey to creating a self-pour taproom, and really the, the ins and outs of it. I think anyone looking to create their own self-pour taproom can learn a lot from this. And, you know, I think people are craving it. I think that's what we've seen based on how you rolled out uh, your tap room and the fact that it was three years ago and it's still going strong. You know, this isn't a passing fad. It's a reflection of how culture and technology are changing and empowering people to really take ownership over how they live their life. Uh, and this is just a, another piece of that same puzzle. So it was a real pleasure getting to chat with you on this today and looking forward to chatting with you again in the future. Tim, any last words for the podcast audience? Anything going on your way that you'd like to let everyone know about? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me out, Daniel. This was incredible and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would just say, you know, to the entrepreneur that's considering doing this, Hey, look at the long, uh, the long road. Uh, you know, it isn't a passing fad. It's going to keep growing. Um, and you know, even if we reach 8,000 breweries nationally and it, it, uh, retracts or corrects to something like 6,000 or something, it, that's okay. Uh, that means there's 6,000 breweries out there and there's room for tap rooms in every, uh, market and there's actually room for multiple tap rooms in every market. Uh, every neighborhood could use one of these. And so, you know, don't be freaked out. Um, if there's another self port tap room in your city or your area, um, you know, it, it's actually, a, a self poor community right. and you can actually have some great dynamic, uh, you know, synergy with other tap rooms as well as the breweries. I would just say location, location, location. You gotta pick a good location. Um, you know, a lot of bars are in, um, you know, rectangles, long, uh, thin rectangles. And, you know, really the self-port taproom is better in a much, uh, you know, like a triangle that's open. Right. That's why Navigator Taprooms uh, really has thrived for groups and birthday parties is that it's uh, in a triangle and it's very open for people to congregate. It's not uh, congested and long and thin and dark. So, you know, we have windows on two walls so people can see the technology so it's about location it took us over a year we looked at over 100 locations uh, in chicago everything we could on the market so find a good commercial realtor and go check out everything and don't settle because you got to have a good location that's as important as anything else absolutely location is definitely everything in retail today gonna have to get you back on to dive into that topic because that's a that's a whole other 45 minute or so yeah, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Have a good day. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you like what you heard and would like to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. 
I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.